Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and you're listening to Season 3, Episode 3, as Andy, that's me, is without James. But don't worry, I got the Gibby here with me. This is the type of rapping you can only get on this podcast. Uh, yeah, no James today, but luckily I'm lucky to have the best analyst west of the Hudson River in fan, <laughs> fan favorite of the podcast. Gibby is here with me and we're going to talk all things New York Rangers, New Jersey Devils, and just uh, general feelings on all the chaos that's happened in the first week and a half of the NHL regular season. So Gib, I'm going to ask you what James usually asks me. How are you doing? Thrilled to be here. You texted me five minutes ago about this. Ready to rip. I love it. Yeah, Gibby's, he's, uh, he told me he had to grab a seltzer, which I think is uh, code for White Claw. Oh, so he no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not on the piss just yet. Okay. No. It's 125 in the afternoon as, as we record this. We have to go to work later. Yeah, we have to, we have to work later. I'm but. drinking a, uh, the Target Good and Gather Tropical Cherry Ooh, sparkling okay. water. Highly recommended. I think it's 269 for an eight pack. Nice. Some of the best around. Well, there you go. So, uh, see, I, I brought you on for hockey analyst. I'm already getting picks for the best seltzer. So, and I have no voice. I, I feel like I have no voice today after screaming at Jeremy Lazan for that scumbag play on Jack Hughes last night. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll definitely get to that later. So, uh, yeah, what crazy first week and a half in the NHL season. I do, before we get into the, the nitty gritty uh, and the down and dirty details of both teams, I do want to ask Gib. Going into this season, what was your general thoughts on the offseason the Devils had? Did you think they were going to be better than last season? Because last obviously uh, it was a rough one for them last year. But, I mean, good moves made by uh, Shiro as your general manager, right? No, he's gone. He, oh, he up and left, uh, remember? He just said, I've had enough. See you later. Uh, <laughs> we got Fitzgerald. And it's, oh, it's right, a mystery Tom. of whether or not he's in long term. No, no one really knows. He's just kind of there. I don't think they ever formally extended him or at least announced an yeah. extension. He's, but, he's doing good. I, I was thrilled with the offseason. This was the happiest offseason I've had in a very, very, very long time. And I'm very happy with the start they've had. 
I can't believe I'm talking this highly about the New Jersey Devils. I know. If anyone who knows uh, you, Gib, knows that even even you might be one of the most pessimistic Devils fan there is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Dougie Hamilton, obviously an awesome get for them. Uh, they low-key signed some pretty good middle six guys. Uh, they bring in... Uh, Running uh, Tatar. Tomas Tatar, that's right. Uh, they traded for Graves from Colorado, which was... That guy's a monster. Good lord, he's big. Woo. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a big boy. He used, you know he was he was a ranger, and then they traded him away. Yeah, you know the Rangers guy. they went and added all these monsters, guys who could fight, and they had one right in their system. He played his first game last night. He looked like a lunatic. It was great. Yeah, and Mason Geertsen, uh, former new well, I'd say Hartford Wolf Packer. Uh, part-time New York Ranger uh, debuting for yeah. the Devils, right? Yeah, so. he he did his job. Yeah. Uh, so I, needless to say, you sound very happy with at least with the start the Devils have had. Uh, as far as the head coach goes, former New York Rangers assistant coach Lindy Ruff, uh, do you, what are your overall feelings on him? Are you happy? You know, obviously you can only do so much with the roster they had last year and the age of the players, but they have a little bit more talent. Uh, their younger players took a step forward. So do you, are you still happy with Lindy Ruff behind I'm the gonna, bench? I'm going to throw last year out the window completely. Between yeah. it, you know, a weird year, co- the whole team got COVID. They had to play every other day. They didn't even have real time to practice. No pre, nothing. They had nothing to work with with this guy. You know, some aging players. I, I'm looking at, this is a clean, he's on a clean slate with me. I'm, I'm good with him right now. I, I don't like the, the special teams. Everything Mark Recchi's doing is bad. <laughs> well, who knows? It's again, it's early in the in the season, so maybe these things will uh, shore up a little bit. But at least five on five from the limited viewings I got, I've had of the Devils so far, they they look good. They're moving the, they're whipping the puck around. They're uh, using their speed, which they seem to have a, a greater abundance of team speed. You know, and even guys like I think uh, Subban look like they're at least being hidden a little bit more effectively in terms of the overall talent around him. So, uh, yeah, it looks, seems like a winning combination. And obviously, Dougie scores literally on the first shot I, <laughs> as a New I, Jersey Devil. I was at an engagement party watching at the bar when that happened, and I, I almost jumped on top of the table. I went nuts. I loved Let's it. Go, I, couldn't believe what I couldn't believe what I was watching. But I've seen yeah. that movie before. Of uh, They looked great in the first two periods in, I think, 2019, and then Schneider went down. And the rest of the season was in the can after the second period of opening night. And then yeah. Chicago came back three to, down 3-1. And Hughes had that ridiculous goal in celebration in overtime. Yeah. I mean, that. listen, I, obviously, it's the, the Ranger fan in me was a little like, it, it hurts to see Hughes excelling and, and doing so well and look like he's finally coming out of his shell. But that was a nasty goal. And, and like you yeah. said, the celebration was, might have even been better than the goal. <laughs> I just it. I, I saw the alternate angle where the stick actually hit some Blackhawks fan square in the face. I just can only imagine <laughs> how that has to feel. Just getting scored on, as a fan, just getting scored on, and then this guy's stick just flying over the boards, smashing into the face, and then getting beer poured all over you by a bunch of drunks from New Jersey. It's great. Yeah, Chicago, uh, to the surprise, no, no, the surprise of no one on this podcast, not looking very good. Uh, you have yet to have their first win. And I think Montreal is the other team that has hasn't won yet. But did they um, get rid of Bergevin? Uh, no, Mark Bergevin is still their uh, general manager. I saw all these rumblings a day or two ago that he was out. 
but maybe I mean, but I don't know if you can necessarily. I mean, the team he put together technically went to the the Stanley Cup. Well, they did went to the Cup final last season, and yeah, I mean, for whatever, it, I, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know how why they couldn't keep. Obviously, Carey Price and Shea Weber. There's nothing you can do about that. You know, Shea Weber is an injury. His career might be done. Carey Price is having a a personal issue, yeah, so obviously they're they're letting him do that. So you can't. Do, we hope he's good, but you know, you know, they lose uh, Philip Deneau, and it's for years. It seems like they had been going. There have been behind the scenes arguments about where he sees himself in terms of the organization, and clearly that even though he's a very very good uh, defensive player, they it seems like Montreal and Bergevin is higher on the upside of Nick Suzuki, which doesn't surprise me. But yeah, I guess Deneau felt a little slighted by that for whatever reason. And he mm-hmm. just wanted another chance elsewhere. And you lose that many good pieces. You lose your number one defenseman. You lose your best shutdown center. You lose your goaltender who was uh, your starting goaltender. And it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. they look a little out of sorts. But um, I, maybe I just saw some, I, I saw him trending on Twitter. And then I, I don't know, maybe it was a fake account who knows but whatever anyway who knows how are you uh, feeling about the rangers so far i think they um, look pretty good i've watched yeah, more, yeah. i've watched two, well, they played what three games four games four they're, games. yeah they're two one and one so the weird thing is, and i guess not the weird thing because i i'm used to last season the rangers having pretty good performances where they ultimately blow it in the last few minutes now where it's like they look like a team that's trying to figure out a new way of doing things they have new personnel they have a new coach their system is supposedly supposed to be much simpler but it's still a new system and it's more about the habits so yeah i mean there hasn't been much offensive chemistry going around they're not scoring a lot of goals because last year they would just kind of stay on the perimeter whip the puck around and play a little bit of pond hockey which is great and during the regular season you get a lot of pretty goals but then all this all of a sudden down the stretch and then in the postseason, mm-hmm. those teams get weeded out pretty quickly. So yeah. I like the fact that they're trying to they their bottom six looks good. I mean, credit to Chris Drury. He he wanted to transform that bottom six. You could say he overpaid to do so massively by training Buchnevich in a second and uh overpaying Barkley Goodrow, but you know, they look good. I mean, Re- Ryan Reeves surprised. I thought I was a little bit worried that for what you're, they were getting him for, he was going to be an anchor on the ice, but he's been pretty effective. He looks uh, pretty. Apparently, he had an injury last year, went, you know, in his, with Vegas. So he didn't play a lot of time and he looked sl- a tad slower. He's still slow as the last. I was worried about him with that uh, incident with him and PK. With oh yeah, his ankle. I'm I'm happy he recovered from that quickly. I, I thought that was going to be a lot worse than. It yeah, was. it looked horrible. Yeah. And then he was he was smiling and, and like he said, yeah, I'm fine. And he made a he made a joke about it. I prepare all summer t- for you know 230 pounds yeah. to like end up over my ankle. He turns a little joke. Yeah, but then he he did he did then they asked him about it if he thought it was clean and he he said not really, but he said uh, the league does. And then he made a quip about well we play them plenty this season so. You don't know if that's just him being him for interest, you know, to get the, to gas up uh, the team or for the media, because, you know, I, I, if you want my honest take on it, I don't it obviously wasn't intentional, but I just think PK is a guy who kind of has a history of doing some of that. Was, type of I, stuff. was I with you talking about this play and being like, well, PK has a history of slew footing people. I was like, does he? I don't know about that. He maybe. does. Yeah, he does. There's and a- they just pulled up like 
50 videos. It was, it was yeah. this you who did this? And they just pulled no, up. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't me, but I know. Because <laughs> after, after it happened, I was like. People. I was like, all right, well, some, you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, someone said something to me about PK likes to go in and stick his foot out to try to get guys to stumble back a bit. And I, they pulled, someone pulled up a video and showed it to me, one of my buddies. And it was literally a, like a sizzle reel of PK, like <laughs> going into the corner, like getting his foot out and, <laughs> and guys just kind of buckling like backwards slightly to take their stick off the puck momentarily. So I was like, oh, you know, so that's the thing. It's, it's one of those things where I don't think he's trying to hurt Reeves, but at the same time, it's uh, he's got a, that's kind of, he learned, I don't know, maybe some vet taught him, you know, some, some throwback guy. Is like, you know, in his first year in Montreal, is like, you to really get these guys off the game, you have to throw out your foot. And then, you know, he's like, take him. I was like, all right, I guess that's what you got to be sneaky dirty. But, um, you know, it, he's fine. So it is what it is. Uh, yeah. I, you know, as far as the Rangers go, yeah, I'm happy. Like I said, I'm happy because they're, I don't think they had their best performance, obviously, against the Maple Leafs the other night. But they, you know, they ha- they've had plenty of good moments in their first three yeah, games. Incredible. Uh, he he looks like he wants to win the best now. So I'm obviously very happy with Igor. I was some you know, performance on that guy. Yes, and we'll definitely get get to Igor's performance. I will say it is very weird watching Igor put on these performances and then in between periods going to the MSG studio with Lundqvist talking about like goaltending performances. It's very yeah. surreal. Yeah, you know, and this prick is already a very good broadcaster, as if he wasn't. Of course, have he too much shit going for him, but. Yeah, overall, I'm happy with the Rangers. I, I, I'm hoping they find a little bit more because they're usually been very among the tops of the league the last couple seasons in scoring chances, and but obviously defensively they've been a little bit porous. But this year they're actually pretty good. They're they've become more of a low event team. They don't give up a lot of high danger chances, and I think that's Gallant's style. But again, he's not about pretty passing plays. So trying to teach Zabanajad and Panarin and Lafreniere and Strom and all these guys to to not try to always just ex- overpass and make the pretty play and just kind of play a little bit more meat and potatoes game has been a little I think it's been a little bit more uphill and then you know I think everyone with the the Golden Knights he had basically the the grinders and the muckers and the castoffs who just GMs knew they couldn't afford to lose in, in favor of their young talent so they just kind of sent them to Vegas with a chip on their shoulders and they all knew how to play systems and play off the puck so he had a perfect uh, combination for his style there but it's going to take a little bit longer with the rangers but yeah they're like i said they're two one and one i thought he got kind of a raw deal out there yeah and he I, got a kind of a raw deal with the the panthers when they, I mean, when they, 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 they hired on the side of the road that was the craziest thing i've ever seen yeah that was just leave uh, the guy out, just kick him out of the bus leave him on the highway brutal yeah you make him call a cab for himself. But, oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, obviously I I'm cautiously optimistic. There's some I would like to see Lafreniere. It was nice to see him score in his hometown, but I'd like to start seeing him come out a little bit more. Uh, Kako got hurt immediately, so I haven't gotten to see too much of him. But I'd like yeah, to see. I know how that feels. But it, it it does seem like they're slowly getting their chemistry back. Zabanajad's off to a pretty good start, even though he's only got one goal. He's got a couple points, and he's way better defensively than he usually is. So. If he, in the twilight of his, uh, as he gets up here, if he starts becoming a little bit more defensive minded, that doesn't hurt me none. And obviously Kreider is parking his butt in front of the goal and goals are trickling in. So that's all you can really ask for him. So, yeah. And even Panarin, who is off to a slow start, uh, he looks bad. But then you look and like, oh, Panarin still has like four points and the overtime goal. So if that's what he looks like when he's bad. He made a pass you- to somebody in that Toronto game. He like waited and waited and waited, like whipped it across the ice and hit the guy right on the stick. 
it was filthy. I wanted yeah. to focus on the power play, but yeah. And that's uh, I, you know, that's the good thing about Artemi Panarin oh. is that even as the foot speed slows down, the vision oh. doesn't go anywhere. So, and that's yeah, good players. Even when they're bad, they're good. You don't realize it. it so, was un- uh, unreal pass. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask about just the league in general, Gib. Are there any surprises to you so far? Yes, it's early and things could change, but between some of the way the standings are shaking out, teams that are off to a hot start, teams that look like flaming garbage, anything surprising you so far this early in the season? Uh, I mean, uh, the obvious ones like the buff, like Buffalo having the start they're having. But I mean, let's be real. That's not going to last. I mean, last year they they got off to an excellent start and then was uh, yeah it, i don't trust anything that happens up there with when it comes to winning like that's yeah. not gonna last it's just well, well this is here's an interesting stat uh i'll eat my shirt if that team finishes above 500 yeah according to this gentleman or uh nice lady on reddit according the the bottom six teams from last year buffalo anaheim new jersey detroit columbus and san jose are 13 three and one collectively and the final four are uh which are montreal tampa the islanders and vegas are four nine and zero so it's like everything's flipped but again these things will even themselves out but i definitely wouldn't be surprised i of the teams that look like they have new life detroit should definitely be a little bit better uh i think the devils definitely look a lot better and you can just tell what the. I actually have playoff hope for them this year. I really yeah, do. At the, you know what? Maybe not playoff hope, but at the very minimum, be, let it come. Maybe come down to the, like a bubble team. Well, here like, I want to good... see them. I think they can be playing meaningful hockey down the stretch. Yeah, and that's basically what. That's they're... all I can really ask for, and I kind of expect it. Yeah, and that's what the Rangers were doing last year. So, and I guess you could say that the devil's rebuild is only like a step or two behind them just because the Rangers a step or started two behind, but seven years longer. <laughs> that's, that's true. But I mean, like I said, Fitzgerald hasn't been there that long, but you can definitely see the difference once they brought him aboard. Uh, uh, I do want to ask about the goaltending situation before we talk, we'll talk about Shesterkin in a little bit, but uh, between the pipes. So right now you have, to my knowledge, you have Mackenzie Blackwood, who has he decided to 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 get the job? Well, he, is- that's not why he he's been he hasn't been. Oh, my voice is cracked. He hasn't been playing because he's got some kind of heel problem. He had heel surgery in the offseason. Oh, okay, and I All think right. it sounds like he had a setback. They wanted him to play a whole preseason game, and it never happened. And now he's uh, they're saying he's not going to be ready to play until at least after the first five games of the season. But the Devils under the Fitzgerald regime, they handle injury like even worse than like with Lou, and they're even more like everything's day to day. Taylor Hall was day to day for four months. You know, yeah. you, at a certain point, it's not day to day, and you, I don't know how many times they could sell us on day to day, which is really, you know, it's not the Hughes thing last night is not sitting well when I hear them say it's only day to day. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but the Blackwood thing, I mean, he simply doesn't want to get the jab. And, you know, we, we don't need to get into the whole vaccine conversation. No, but, but I guess my question is, do you But that's think... not why he hasn't been playing. No. OK, but so, I've been very you. happy with Bernier. And, yeah, you know what? Wedgwood, he hasn't had he hasn't had to see any ice yet. We've only had two games, but he's a he's a steady enough backup goalie. And he's been a pretty loyal soldier for his entire career. He spent most of his career, realistically, with the Devils organization. 
Oh yeah, I, I know I mean, he was he ventured out for a little while, but you know, all roads lead back to Newark, I guess. Do you think there's a reality in which, if especially if they can keep going, that they kind of roll with Bernier as their de facto guy for now until uh, Blackwood gets back? Do you th- is is Blackwood's position in this organization so much that he is te- the starting goaltender and it's his to lose, or is it still kind of up in the air and it's like if anyone else wants to take the take the seat, they can? Or do you think they're just committed to platooning a one A one B type? Situation? I I would have thought the platooning the one A one B thing, but I really don't. I I don't think the vaccine thing's going over very well with uh, management. That's the vibe I get. I can't. I mean, I can't imagine it going over very well. I will say it's probably wasn't going over well in Detroit. But you look at the way that Tyler Bertuzzi's playing. Winning, winning solves a lot of problems. So yeah, or but he's not. The, he's not the one doing the winning right now. That's well. That's true. And I that feel could. like the the more games Bernier steals for the Devils the quicker he might go get that jab. Yeah, no, that definitely, uh, definitely makes sense. Uh, I do want to get into some of the finer details of that crazy game versus the Maple Leafs give, but before I do, I have a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. Uh, you're a, you're a football fan, right? Gibby. I mean, I'll, I, I watch the jets. I wouldn't necessarily (laughs) call myself a fan. Uh, Yeah. Maybe you're a, you're a masochist. You're a football masochist. You could say uh, that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, today's podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. Oh my and God, really? Yes, as if wow. You know, as if you, if you didn't listen to last, if you if you didn't listen to the last podcast or the uh, two hundred before this one, you probably wouldn't know. But uh, so, listen, football fans, if you're hungry for a big win this week, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win two hundred dollars in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. Uh, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, uh, I, you're lucky enough to live in New Jersey, Gibby, but here in New York, not so much. But don't worry. DraftKings won't leave you ha- empty-handed. Everyone can p- play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. So just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Just bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. It's that easy. They win, you win. What Again, a deal. That's, that's a great deal, right? Uh, that's promo code THPN this weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older to enter New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, Gibby, thank you for bearing with me while I do uh, our weekly ad read. But uh, yeah, I mean, you have an unbelievable ad read voice. Thank you, I appreciate that. If you I, only loaded trucks as well as your red ads. I know, I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's like that video for years ago about the guy with the gold, the man with the golden voice on the side of the road. You know, uh, you should like apply a, to be the devil's PA announcer. You better see. be better than the guy they have now. He sucks. I'd have to do it really deep because my natural <laughs> voice has it. It's like, because, you know, because it's always like, now you're New Jersey Devil. You know, my, <laughs> now it's like, he's like, coming to the ice, your New Jersey Devil. Oh, this, guy, this new guy is awful. But anyway, yeah, I was going to actually, I did want to, I did want to quickly ask you about that because I totally forgot about the contest. Uh, I know our 
a friend of the friend of the podcast, host of the Devil's State of Mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, Neil Villapiano, entered the contest. Unfortunately, he didn't he didn't make it to the uh, the final round, but uh, we love him anyway. But yeah, I mean, any any thoughts on the new public address announcer? I think he sounds like he should be at like a. He sounds like. And this really has nothing to do with like what we do for work or anything, but he sounds yeah. like he should be the like the PA guy at like a like a theater, uh, like announcing its intermission and it's time for snacks. His voice yeah. doesn't have the boom. It, 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 it's a job for a fat guy. And his voice doesn't. You could tell he's just a skinny guy. His voice doesn't. It's not thick enough. You want you want some husk in your your public address it's announcers got, to be able to really. It almost is like his. Vocal cords are like raw spaghetti. <laughs> raw spaghetti. <laughs> a, you want you you want a a a, a more uh, portly gentleman who yeah, just is polished like, off a, a polished baritone. polished off a, a a platter of sausage and peppers. Just yeah, really I mean, no, just a much more what's the word? A baritone, real deep. But yeah. Ooh, yeah. Just, now this guy Devils like, hawk power. Know, they they released like uh, the team released like their ten finalists for the job. And I thought yeah. one of the guys was actually very, very, very good, but he didn't make it to the top three. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a shame. That's weird. But, what What's the Devil's uh, goal song this year? I think it's still that Gaslight Anthem song. Honestly, I didn't even pay attention to it last night. I think it's yeah. still that Gaslight Anthem song. Okay, I don't have. Which I actually really like. It's yeah. much less embarrassing than when they stole the Rangers' goal song. <laughs> that oh, would yeah. Work. At least they're not using that Joe Satriani song that every team seems to use. Which one's the, that? The, I think the Islanders and, and Minnesota use it. It's like, yeah, that one. That's bad. It's, it's bad. Yeah, uh, I don't like that but, either. Yeah. Uh, the Rangers have the best goal song in the NHL, without a doubt. Wow. I, I'll, I'll, I'll stand, I've been standing by that for years. I mean, it's it's listen, obviously Rangers fans love it, but it's very divisive. Every it seems it's one of those things like much like Chelsea Dagger, every other fans of other teams are like, oh, it's so fucking annoying. Oh, and then it's a very good way. It, it gets the crowd so gassed up. And actually, the Devils did kind of steal it again. I was watching uh, Alexander Holtz highlights of him playing in Utica and I could hear in the in the goal song, the hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. But I went and found the actual song. And it's not the same song, but they still steal the haze. And I don't like that either. But yeah. I, I stand, I think the Rangers have the best goal song in the whole well, show. I'll, At least the ones that I, I can think of off the top of my head. I'm definitely, definitely fond of it. Uh, and it's one of those things where it's like, it's been around so long now. It's a, be very strange yes, to change it. No- I do, I... I do like the fact that there are teams that since they don't lack an iconic goal song that in, instead they let each player choose a song or at least if they have like a superstar. I, I always liked how like Tampa Bay, like Mar- Marty St. Louis got got his own uh, goal song and like Steven Stamkos got Hammer Time. So I always like that. But when every one on the team has a different goal song, I feel like it's a little too, you know, you kind of want know, some cohesion. Like, what if it's like a a play like around the net. How does the guy who pushes the button? I think they look to see who goes to get their high fives first. You know, maybe they do. Oh that. yeah. Cause there's probably like a horn or something before he has to hit play. Yeah. It's like, okay. okay. He goes right. the first guy in the line uh, and he's like, he flips number five and it plays like, yep, yep. you know, some Drake song. If the guy's mm-hmm. from the GTA, okay. I got you. OVO. 
I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So Toronto, you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I did. Because again, that game was crazy. You said you watched it and this is a Rangers podcast. So I would be a little remiss if we didn't get into some of the, the finer details. Uh, Listen, Toronto was clearly the better team that night. The Rangers had just played in uh, Montreal uh, either the, I forget it was the day or at least the two nights before. So they looked like they were, yeah, they definitely didn't have a lot of jump in their step. Uh, and Toronto, this was their first game versus an opponent from North America it's in a year in, oh. since before pre-pandemic. Uh, Austin oh, Matthews. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Austin oh. Matthews first game back. So he was flying obviously and looking to get off to a good start and they were clearly dangerous with the way they were whipping around. And listen, I think Toronto's clearly taken a lot of strides in how they defend. Now they seem to defend a lot better. They're a little bit, you know, heavier on the puck, which is good for them. It's not, but they still have that ability to, to make, you know, find each other with nice passing plays and play a lot of East West hockey. But uh, again, the story was goaltending, and you have to give Jack Campbell a lot of credit because he was very good too. Even though he yeah. didn't have to make as many saves as Igor Shesterkin, he he had a few you know ten bell saves, but it ultimately became a goal a, a goaltending duel. And Shesterkin just even on the goal that beat him, it looked like it took a little bit of uh, maybe not not enough to call goaltender interference, but a guy gets kind of pushed into the side of the net, and it's you know he looks like he might be falling backwards, and it's kind of squirts under him. So that's what it took to beat him. Um, and yeah, in the end, Shesterkin was the difference. But what everyone's been talking about on social media is that over the three on three overtime, which was absolutely uh, heart attack inducing for fans of both teams and everyone else. It's just great. I love watching when you go on Reddit or on social media and it's like, yo, three, here's the full overtime that was insane from these two teams that you don't cheer for because then you get to watch it and just yeah. enjoy wide open fun hockey without that like oh my god my team's about to fucking blow it or oh my god my team's about to to win i love the three on three i i could see why somebody would want to get rid of the shootout and that's a conversation for another day but i i love three on three and i really hope they never make yeah well i wouldn't mind seeing four on four for like five minutes and then three on three but i i love it yeah because even for all the talk of like oh they've coached you know the the fun out of it I mean, clearly not because the, the track meets happen because, yes, there's a lot of regroups and just not trying to be as stupid because everyone remembers that first month when three and three entered the league in the first season and it no one coaches hadn't really figured it out yet. And it was just kind of track meets back and forth. So it was yeah. a lot of fun. And then eventually it became like, nope, going to gonna re, neutral zone regroup. Let, uh, I like let the get the change. Yeah, I like it, too. I like there's a chess I mean, element yeah, of it. Like a, it makes it seem a little more uh, chess. Would you say chess match? Yeah, like a chess yeah, match. I, yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it. And then there's kind of that risk reward when there's like a 50-50 puck and you're like, I either go for this and I'm out of position bad or I, I win the puck and I can maybe spring my my uh, teammate. So yeah, it's it's very risk reward. So it's a lot of fun to like you said. But yeah, I mean, what a performance from Shesterkin. He he tries to clear <laughs> clear the puck. It, it gets corralled off the end boards by Matthews takes a shot he, he blocks it even though he's li- Igor's literally like 20 feet in front yeah, of his net and to make that stop while going backwards yeah because no. usually when that happens goaltenders really panic because they know they're they're so far out of their net but Igor was so locked in he's like I'm just gonna stand here and like pump back for you know uh, take a few strides back and just try to at least look big or not look like they can get around me and he makes the save and then he pushes across because he's so athletic and makes yeah. that that Nylander far post save. And then it trickles in front of him. And Matthews is trying to get to a Petruba at the last minute, kind of tries his stick up. So it just skates, it goes right through the, the crease 
into the corner and Matthews looks like he's he wants to to keel over cuz a he's exhausted and b he's had a wide open cage and that could have sealed it. And then of course uh Panarin finally getting the uh the, the proverbial monkey off his back and scoring. And it was almost kind of like unexpectedly anticlimactic ending, but it was definitely the Rangers definitely needed that because that's one of those games where you get really gassed up for your goaltender stealing here for one and then you get to deliver as opposed to you just got beaten pillar to post. Your goaltender does all that and in the end mm-hmm. you lose because you were you basically didn't play so well. But like I said, most they they were they were, were good in the first for bits then towards the tail end of that period. After they got their first goal, they took their feet off the gas and then for the rest of that period and the second period, they literally got their doors blown off by Toronto. They were lucky I, to only be down a goal. the same thing kind of happened to them when they played Dallas. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I have it backwards. They started slow and then they just... They, turned it on, they yeah. And they were dominant. The whole, yeah, that was... Very, yeah, at, you know, and I, again... This is a team, I think, that's trying to figure out a new way to do things and find chemistry with new lines. And it's I, they've definitely gotten more comfortable. And the thing they're doing that I haven't seen them do the last couple of seasons with all the kids and then just the journeymen they've had in their organization and just the, the pond hockey they tend to play is that they're actually holding leads now and they're closing out in big yeah. moments, which was I was used to that with Stepan and McDonough in, in, those, in that era and Derek Broussard. Yeah. But this I team just... That, yeah. that era of- Rangers hockey, I, I thought it was such a, a good era. Like, yeah, like and it's funny because on, on on paper, I think this Rangers team they have now has infinitely more talent than that team ever had in at any point in time. But again, there's a difference between having talent and being able to to win hockey games and put it together. And obviously, hence, you have teams like the Islanders who, outside of Matt Barzell, maybe don't, and you maybe you can order, uh, argue Anders Lee to a lesser extent, have no superstar talent, and yet, Lo and behold, they've been one of the, the best teams in the NHL for the last few seasons. So, uh, but yeah, crazy game. OT was crazy. Uh, they have the Rangers have a very long layoff. They don't play until we're recording this on a Wednesday. They don't play until uh, tomorrow against Nashville. So when this podcast drops, they will be playing Nashville at night. Hopefully, Ryan. Oh, they Strong don't have a game tonight, Wednesday. No, I thought I thought actually thought the Knicks play tonight, which is nice. They have to start their season. Cosmo, oh. shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh the mailman look- came. He you know, he is the most mellow fucking dog in the world, but he hates the mailman. Hates him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh for list- listeners at home, Cosmo is uh the Gibby's faithful companion. Uh, clearly a great guard dog. And <laughs> he likes to chill out, but if you try to uh, you try to step to uh, the no, Gibby while he's not recording. even it's just the mailman. It's just the mailman. It's only the mailman. Anybody could walk up. It's like he just knows the mailman comes around this. Does the mailman have like a hat that he wears? That Cosmo. No. Well, I, I was reading, and I, I it sounds accurate. Dogs hate the mailman because they think they scare the mailman away. Because the mailman always turns and walks away. Oh wow, that's actually that makes sense. Yeah, but like people come in and out of my house all the time, and he's. You know, but it's like if they well. drop and then they sense their presence and then they just leave every time, they're like, oh, they, it just it gets yeah. solidified in their head that this like, is someone who like, I need I to turn away. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes a ton of sense to me. No, it, that does make dog, sense. You know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's dog talk. <laughs> so I do now I want to go back. We'll backpedal a little bit again. Uh, you went to that game the other day. And yeah. it seemed like it was electric. Dawson Mercer gets his first NHL goal, yeah. which is awesome. I mean, he looks so I, good. He I was very jealous of the, of the Devils drafting Mercer. He's a guy I really liked. 
Were you, uh, did, I am, did the Rangers have a chance to get him and they took someone else? Uh, or did we, did, we, well, I, well they had the Braden Schneider pick. Where When was I think, they, was I think they took him 24th, maybe. Mercer was 24? I think, maybe 24. Or, or, or was, I thought it wasn't Muka Hamad. No, Madulin, he was like 27th or 28th or something. Muka uh, 18th. Uh, so Mercer was 18th. Oh, overall. okay. And then uh, the Rangers took Braden Schneider with their uh, second pick. And I think he was nineteen. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, He's apparently having a good season over in Russia. Yeah, we'll see how he works out. And then, yeah, Mukhamadulin was selected twentieth uh, overall. So oh, right. it was well, literally in that order. It was the Devils had the Devils picked Mercer, the Rangers picked Schneider, and then the Devils picked Mukhamadulin. Schneider? Who's Schneider? Is he Braden Schneider? Who the defenseman? He's, is he playing? Or is he he's in, yeah, he's in Hartford for okay. the Rangers, and yeah, I mean, he looked good in during camp. He's okay. like one of those heavier, steady Eddie type defensemen, I guess. You know. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah, he he looks fine. I mean, Zach Jones, who I think. Could, you could very well make a case for should be on this Rangers team right now over Nils Lundqvist, uh, depending on who you ask, uh, is down in Hartford as well. So the Rangers clearly have a logjam on D that they might. We'll see between the Vitaly Kraftsoff situation and who the, all the cap space they have for this season only. We might see some of these guys included in a trade come, uh, you know, the, the trade before the trade deadline. But Again, I want to get back to the Devils game. So, Gibby, you I go. Like, you I watch. want to talk about Kraftstoff after the Devils game. Sure, we can get to that. Okay. Uh, so Dawson Mercer scores his first NHL goal. The, you know, he was it a surprise he made the team out of camp? Was it? Did no, everyone, did everyone I, I, think, was, I think they kind of had him penciled in. Um, well, his the good thing about him is that physically he's a bigger kid, so he's yeah. physically can mature enough to withstand the rigors of the league, and he's a good enough skater. But also the fact that his game. He's a pretty good player off the puck. He's always kind of attentive to his details. Whereas if you have a a, a kid like Holtz, where where maybe they have a, a not only an NHL quality but a an elite quality shot, but you, they need some time to develop their play off the puck. Hence, he gets sent to Utica. But it looks like it's it's working out because he's lighting it up down there. It, it um, seems like the thing about uh, him getting sent back down is like. From what it sounds like, is he wasn't going to be able to play top six minutes. Yeah, he's a, and he's a t- he's a so top better six to send offensive him down player. there than let him play on the fourth line. With, yeah, uh, it's like and then and that you know especially a guy who is a lot of it is using that one timer and yeah. catch and release shooting. If you play him with bottom you know six players or fourth liners, it's like you're not he's not going to get those chances. So it's better to let him just play you know PP one in top line minutes uh, in Utica in the AHL. But uh, yeah, awesome for Mercer. Obviously, it was kind of a mixed bag of a game because Jack Hughes uh, is gets injured. I, you know, you led with this up top. You need you wanted to get talk about this. Uh, so I want you, I want to get your take on the Jack Hughes injury. Well, where um, my seats were, I couldn't necessarily see what happened. I was kind of sitting, you know, when you're sitting like along like the basically where my seats were, I couldn't see that corner of the ice, which kind of was annoying and like. Everybody's telling me, you know, he basically got suplexed. So by the time I was able to get home and watch, I was like, this is some scumbag hockey. I don't like the way these, uh, these Krakens, this team is, I don't like their brand of hockey. They're just playing like dirt bags, it seems like. I don't know. Well, I yeah. just, you're going to do that to a star player like Jeremy Lazan. Like, who even gives a shit about Jeremy Lazan? He's a bum. I, you know, because Seattle. They're off to a bad start and they just need to do something. Well, yeah. Listen, they don't have you, Yanni Gord's their best player, and I mean, 
listen, I think everyone knew that they, anyone who was smart knew they probably wouldn't get off to the same start that they weren't lucky enough in that they weren't gifted some uh, low key superstars like March or so, or yeah, um, but that's not, well, not a superstar. I think Vegas was going to be what they were. Well, no, no one, but I'm saying no, Vegas took people by surprise. Whereas I think with no one, I don't think anyone was because of that. I don't think anyone was like, especially GMs when they were sending their players over, they, you didn't see the same, you didn't see the same, like we're going to make deals to keep, this guy and give you a young promising guy instead. They kind of almost reserve the flip. They're like, nope. Well, we. They're like, we'll we'll keep the guy even if he's having trouble putting it out. We'll let him pan out. We'll we'll give you the guy who's maybe a little bit is more of a sure thing. He's you know he's twenty five years old or whatever. But uh, the Kraken have had six fights in their first five games. So clearly, you know that's reflective of them getting outplayed, but trying to have some pushback. And yeah, I, I, ultimately they're not, they probably won't be, that won't be a winning season. Flyers, I forget who it was. He beat the wheels off. Nathan oh, Nash, uh, who, yeah. It who was they a, took from New Jersey. They, oh my God. Tara. I just picture what, myself eating those punches. Ooh, I, yeah. That was um, Nate, Nate Thompson, right? Yes, it was Nate Thompson. Yeah, so little 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 Nate on Nathan yeah. uh, action. Ugly, ugly fight. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, obviously the Hughes situation didn't, didn't look good. It looks like I was uh, I was sitting right next to the tunnel, and I I heard him just come down and just yell, "Fuck!" Right when he got off the ice, I was like, "Oh, this is." I not mean, good. this I is saw, not good. It looked like a separated shoulder to me. You hope it's nothing. Yeah, I, I like wrong. that doctor. Do you, have you started to notice that doctor who's been popping up on Twitter? Oh yeah, uh, injuries. I sh- we should give him a. Uh, I forget. I forget his handle. I only just started following him after last night, but. Yeah, he he's done that. I think he was doing that a little bit uh, last year. I gotta I gotta try to pull it up because it is a great follow if you were an NHL fan. Because obviously, yes, it's Doctor. Uh, Harjas Gruel. Harjas Gruel. Yeah. And uh, excuse so I me if I, a, if I have the I, pronunciation yes. wrong. He but. is the University of Manitoba family medicine and reticent. Uh, and he, he tweets about NHL injuries. So when something happens, he will give his take. So, yeah. you know, there's a video of the Jack Hughes injury. And he says appears to be a separated shoulder for Jack Hughes. Depends on grade, but typically NHLers miss seven to 10 days if grade one, two to three weeks for grade two end up uh from there also possibly but less likely is a broken collarbone and would want to rule out concussion also hashtag new jersey devil so this is great because obviously when you're watching a player on your team go down to injury your first thought is fuck your second thought is how what happened to him and your third thought is what how long is he gonna be out and this guy is tweeting out he's got the video and he's like this is in my medical opinion from just watching it what it looks like and this is what the reality could be so great like you said great follow but uh, yeah, again, it, it definitely wasn't wasn't good looking. And I mean, Hughes looks he has the OT winner the other day. He looks like he's buzzing. He's definitely yeah. learned uh, no, he, the way that manipulating time and space ice. much more confidently. It's great. I saw him putting a puck between guys' legs. So, and I think that'll you you can see that might be the one thing with him is that because he is a little bit of a slighter guy anyway. Even as he matures, he might have to be careful about He's that. He's also but, had shoulder problems, if I remember correctly, in the past. So Yeah, which so this is not good. Yeah. But again, you hope he's okay. You know, again, we thought Ryan Reeves had a like blue yeah. you know, blew he his ACL out. He was and he was good to go a couple days later. So you never know. But obviously Hughes did not partake in morning skate today. No. So 
Uh, and like you said, that the Devils, a lot of organizations are usually try to keep it on the DL. Um, so much, uh, you know, much uh, Nikita Kucherov also sustains an injury and is going to go on LTIR. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. If what it's was your take on that whole thing last year with the like? like I didn't mind it. You, you know, I mean, it's like, listen, any other team, if it was any other team in any other situation, they would say, we're losing our best player for the whole regular season. We're like, you know, this, like we're in trouble, but because it's Tampa and they've drafted so well and they have other, they have plenty of guys. They were good there without him. They're still one of the top teams in the league. Cause they already have brain point and stam coast and, uh, really just a really top, you know, or not even just really uh deep team and excellent defenseman and some of the best goaltending in the NHL, they were fine. And then they got him back. So, all this, the crying and the belly aching over the circumvention, just, just be upset that your GM is, didn't do as good of a job. You should be mad at your GM, not mad at them because it's totally, like I said, if that was, any, uh, the Blackhawks did it with Patrick Kane a few seasons ago. Everyone forgets that like what, five years ago. What, the bothers, last- what bothers me most about it. And I know we've talked about it at work, but for, you know, your listeners, I'm, I just want to give my opinion. Yeah, no, go ahead. You know, they're calling it, it was, they're basically people are calling it cap circumvention. So they're like on paper, I don't necessarily have a problem with what they did because they didn't technically break any rules. Where I have a problem with it is the Devils lost a first round draft pick for cap circumvention for the Kovalchuk contract. They didn't technically break any rules either. You know, and I understand it's two different circumstances, but it's cap circumvention that didn't technically break any rules. Yeah, and the league hammered them. Like it, 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 I don't know. It just seems kind of both were cap circumvention. Both didn't break any rules whatsoever. Devils lose a pick. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that was because Lou has a uh, a rep as someone who they call him loophole Lou for a reason. So they're like, <laughs> he must be up to no good. It's almost like, you know. Uh, boy who cried wolf or there maybe they had a case that they they should have got away with that one or it shouldn't have been a fine or anything but that's what happened. i just feel like you know if if they're gonna find, then, if they're gonna it, charge the devils a first round pick but then in the end they didn't have to pay it right only because he left for russia that's it oh that's right <laughs> well here's the thing i you gotta I, you, you wonder it does make you wonder uh but anyway yeah um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't necessarily mind it again. I think Tampa, if anything this year, they're definitely not, they lost a lot of their good players yeah. or at least their middle six players so that yeah. they could probably use them this year. I mean, they'll still be good, but they'll be in the mix, but you know, they, Florida, you Florida might be the best. You got good came from there, right? Yeah. We got Parkley Goodrow from was there. Was he like a middle six player for them? Yeah. He, he was on a line. He's with like a prime player. example of who you're talking about. Yeah, they lost yeah, Palat, yeah. who's in Seattle now, uh, okay. and then yeah, they lost a few guys. So they lost some uh, defensemen on the back end too. So uh, David Savard, you know, a few other guys. So yeah, but but again, they 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 that team tends to find a way. So who knows? And maybe you know if Vasilevsky just doesn't have the season he had last year, and but Hedman could bounce back because he had a rough season. They they were lucky enough that they had between. Chernak and McDonough, they had plenty of good defensemen, but yeah, just again, that's a team that's getting a little bit older, mm-hmm. you know? So 
it, just interesting to see right now the the Panthers the Cats might be the best team in Florida but that's a I that's haven't a gotten to watch any of their games yet but a good buddy of mine grew up in South Florida he's a huge Panthers fan and he is on cloud nine right now yeah they look good they, for him. They, it looks I, like it's I, coming I together the best I yeah I I it would be very cool to see them win their first has game. Bobrovsky been playing goalie yeah, and he's been good. Okay. But also Spencer Knight's been playing too, and he's been good. So okay. it's early. It's, listen, Don't it's early they have days. Another goalie in that system, or they lose him? Ah, uh, they had. I remember uh, there was a third one. I think goalie. they lost the third one. Okay. I forget the. I know who you're talking about. I forget his name. Uh, but was it was it Montebaum? Is that him? I, Whatever. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're gonna wind this one down. But uh, very last thing that is relevant to the New York Rangers, and you said you wanted to talk about oh, it, Vitaly Kraps. I'm more concerned. Just. Do you think Drury's to blame for this? All right. Or do so, you think Kravstov's just being a baby? Last uh, On our last podcast, James and I kind of broke down the situation. Yeah, Since have- then, a little bit new information has dropped. And again, it, it's you always have to take these things with a grain of salt. It could definitely be Kravstov's agent or, you know. I read the athletic read. article, yeah. Yeah, based to, in a nutshell, Arthur Staple, uh, who is in now that Rick Carpinello will be stepping away from the Rangers for the athletic, uh, Arthur Staple will be covering not just the Islanders, but uh, the Rangers as well. He releases a story kind of deep diving into the situation, and there's report that when Kraftsoff originally got uh, didn't make the NHL team, uh, not last season, the season in the season before COVID, yeah, he he got sent down to Hartford. He kind of pouted, and it wasn't working well. And he eventually uh, decided to opt, use his opt out clause, go back to the KHL. And listen, that's a clause that he got. But apparently, as he went to go get his his equipment to say goodbye to his teammates, I'm going back to the KHL. Yeah. Chris Drury basically like called him out and said, called him. He was quitting on his team or whatever. And that's when he was the assistant GM, correct? Yes, he was the assistant GM of, okay, or he was the, on. no, he was the, he was the general manager of, of the Hartford Wolf oh, and the okay, assistant okay, GM. Okay. He was the assistant general manager of the New York Rangers, but his, he was also he was the, the full-time head GM of the full-time GM of the, okay. and he was okay, basically charged with, uh, restoring because the Wolf Pack was basically, uh, an afterthought for the Rangers mm-hmm. while they were good. It was just because, yeah. you know, they were always going for it. So why do you need development? Yeah. They had no one to develop. But, um, so yeah, so it, it So then, you know, other people are coming out of the woodwork talking about there was multiple incidents of, you know, questioning his conditioning and, you know, but also people saying Kravtsov has always had an issue and like a chip on his shoulder and wouldn't didn't do what they wanted him to do and refused to train how they wanted to train. He wasn't giving an effort. And it becomes a lot of he said he said. So I think my my take on all this is there's there's blame to go on both sides. If you have to personal feelings are involved. Okay, but Kravtsov is to blame because, you know, if at any time he took his assignments seriously or to heart and not as a slight or personal slight, uh, we probably wouldn't be in the situation. Philip Heedle was penciled in for 2C last year, or the season before, and he, he didn't make the team out of camp. They sent him down. So he went down there. He, he killed it, and they brought him up after a month, and he never went back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he got, it was a better player because of it. Kravtsov should have did the same thing. And even now... He craft apparently Kraftsoff was under the impression that he was going to get traded. His name was the summer. His name was included in a lot of like Eichel preemptive talk and Dano and all these other guys. And because yeah, he's got pedigree, so your name's going to be in the, in your GM's mouth. And obviously that gets back to players, and they go like, oh well, they don't want me anyway. And they traded Buchnevich, who was my guy. friend or whatever. And yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's again. I, there's blame to go on both sides. Drury and. 
you know, it, it, a lot of it also falls on Jeff Gordon when he was there because it was th- that started under his watch, and they the same thing kind of happened with Leah Sanderson. So whether you're drafting a kid with character concerns or a chip on his shoulder, and it's not the good tot kind kind of chip it's hard obviously some of these times these things don't reveal themselves till after you draft them but yeah yeah crafts off is obviously being a bit of a prima donna about the whole situation but at the same time it's like the rangers from an asset uh recoupment if you knew that you were having these issues with him and you didn't shop him on the dl and just be like you could have said listen you know i kind of got a log jam going here between Lafreniere and Kreider and Panarin and and he's kind of the odd man out but he's Mm -hmm. a talented kid you're not going to take a bath on it but now it gets to this point you know the player's not happy you're going to take a bath on value so that's on Drury for not recognizing this or mitigating this apparently Gerard Gallant uh, Elliot Friedman reported Gallant called Kraftsoff to ask him to come back to the team because they're dealing with some injuries now and you know if it's funny if he had went to Hartford and then this happened he would be called up already probably you know so he'd be the next man up and he'd get his chance. But again, a lot of it, the reason they sent him down in the first place was they didn't want to lose Libor Hayek for nothing, which is funny because Libor Hayek is not very good. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you think you're trying to save, you end up costing yourself more value in the end. But I guess they just didn't foresee this was happening. And it was almost became a self-fulfilling thing, I think, to Chris Drury, who is like angry with him. Because listen, I don't know if you know this, Chris Drury, winner of the Little League World Series. And he, you know, that this type of behavior would not win you a little league world series. And I life, have so. a bad, like I say this as a, I think I'm a pretty even keel or a, neutral. Like, I don't hate the Rangers at all. Like, like most devils. Fans. I, yeah, I, I, have no, a, I, I keep them at pretty high respect for the most part. I mean, they have some lunatic fans that, you know, me and you have to deal with uh, yeah. on a regular basis, but like as an organization, I don't really have much of a problem with them. I have a very bad feeling about Chris Drury as the well, game of this team. And I, I, have really, to say- I really don't like it. And I, I think Dolan, I have a bad feeling about Dolan sticking his, like, sticking his hands in his... Don't get me wrong. I hope he does. I, I hope the Rangers <laughs> fall flat on their face. But like I, this, it, if I were a Ranger fan, I would have a very, very, very bad gut feeling about how things are going to go with Drury. Something about well, it. I just... I, I don't like it. it it's something... Mm-mm. Some stinks. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And if you look on social I think media, I'm kind of happy that like things ended the way they did with uh, Gorton and Davidson. Uh, you know, listen, I he's the only one that came out of that <laughs> with it and with it a promotion. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. You know, it, obviously, there's uh, a lot of that's been flying around that it was like, is he the like, Isaiah a, like it was a, of I'm sorry, say that again. Is, is he the Isaiah Thomas? <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure but you know every there's a lot of people painting it as this almost uh Shakespearean you know double double turn double cross huh. or, orchestrated by him don't like it but I think at the end of the day I think what it is is Chris Drury clearly lacks the seasoning of a Jeff Gorton but at the same time he's he's got stones he's got he's gonna be one of those guys that He's going to he's has a vision and he's going to try to put the pieces in places he sees it and either it works out and he looks like a genius or it blows up horribly in his face and he looks like literally like a like a you know like an a, a incompetent yeah. bum you know yeah. so but I think he's fine with that he's a, he's he's putting it on the line and he's going he's going in he's he's trading he's overpaying the players he wants he's trading players to 
he's like, I can't afford Buchnevich in the future. I don't want to deal with that headache down the road or yeah, whatever. So that. he's like, I'm not even, I'm, he's like, I'm just getting him off my books now. You know, he's one of those type of GMs yeah. where other, I think if it was Jeff Gordon, he would say, you know, no, we'll keep him. And then when that time comes, but he's probably thinking like, His value might be higher now. Yeah, well, yeah, but again, he he yeah. still didn't get good value for him. He got a second and Sammy Blay, which is not good value for Buchnevich because I've liked Blay a lot. I think he's going to be just what this team needs, but he's I never going to be as good of a player. He's not going to be as much of a, a offensive contributor and maybe off the puck as Buchnevich, who's just a flat-out better player. But he's like, I got to pay Zabanajad. I got to pay Adam Fox eventually. I'm going to have to pay... Uh, you know, Lafreniere and Kako eventually when they come off their ELCs, there's like, there's just too much money. I'm already paying Kreider and Truba seven and $8 million respectively. It's just too much yeah. cap term. So he's just like, I'm getting them off my books now. So I have cap space going into the next uh, trade deadline so I can use it to see as I see fit. Cause clearly there was a mandate that you got to be competitive now. So that's what yeah. he's doing. And I not, I don't agree with a lot of it. I had a real nice feeling about J John Davidson yeah. as the grandpa of the New York yeah. Rangers. And Gorton kind of doing taking he brought his, Columbus back from the dead. You know, a bunch he's going to do it again. And look at and Columbus would, now; they're having a good the start. Rangers were looking good under his watch. You know, yeah. So, but again, I, I, as what I say, the Rangers at least look like they're trending upwards. I agree. I agree. So we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see. Again, it's one of those things. I think it's it's he's he's it's uh, I guess competitive or playoffs or busts for him. So it's either he's going to look like an idiot trying, or he's going to. You know, it's all that it will be not for naught. So we'll see. Uh, Gibby, I'm going to wrap this up here. Thank you so much for filling in. You know, I'm sure James wish. Yeah. Good. Always fun talking puck with you. We'll definitely check in with you uh, as the Rangers and the Devils tangle later this season. Yes. But, you know, especially with uh, Ryan Reeves promising there might be some uh, theatrics going on. So we'll see if that comes of that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, is there any if people are listening to the podcast, Gibby, and they they're like this guy. I he is a quite a character. I need to I need to follow him on a daily basis. Where can people follow you on social media? Uh, if you want, yeah, you don't have he, to he, say. He's, just leave me alone. So, <laughs> All right, leave the we'll leave the Gibby alone. You can follow us at Broadway Boys Pod uh, on Twitter. New episodes every Monday and Thursday, and we have some guests coming up, which will be a lot of fun. Our other fellow podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, we do a lot of special uh, events together and we will jump in each other's pods and got some uh, tentative talks with some beat writers to come on. So that's a lot of fun. People covering the Rangers beat. It's and- really nice to have beat reporters. The Devils don't even have, they, they have like one. Who I, I, I like the Massasac guy, Corey. He's Corey Massasac, yeah. Boy, the Rangers beat that. We'll save Amanda Stein's uh, handwriting uh, for another, uh, your future episode with you. But um, yeah, <laughs> thank, thank, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, the Rangers have a busy weekend coming up here, so hopefully they can uh, come out of the road trip on top with in the win column. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next Monday. Peace. Oh yeah. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.